0: Hello again and welcome back to Daily Devotions with North Clay Baptist Church. We are continuing in our one year Bible reading plan and today's readings we're going to be reading in the book of Exodus chapter seven through 10. Now this section of the book of Exodus is extremely exciting and this is where a majority of the most famous uh, events of the book of Exodus take place, save only for the uh, parting of the Red Sea and the crossing through the Red Sea on dry ground by the people of Israel but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, In this particular section of the book of Exodus, we see Moses and Aaron once again go before Pharaoh and demand that he let uh, the Israelites go. Pharaoh obviously refuses, uh, and there ends up being this spectacular duel between Moses and Aaron and the magicians of Pharaoh. And ultimately, what this leads to is this leads to a series of plagues that God sends against the land and the people of Egypt. Now, these plagues were sent by God to demonstrate to the people of Egypt that their so-called gods have no power to save them from the wrath of Almighty God and from the judgment of Almighty God. He is demonstrating His power over the gods of Egypt. Very exciting stuff. But as we read through these sections again, our goal is not to be fascinated by these events or uh, uh, to really uh, focus on the sensational nature of these events. Rather. As we've stated in in previous devotions, our goal is to see the gospel of Jesus Christ portrayed in the pages of Exodus. And so I want to read for you a few sections of our reading today that sort of illustrate this gospel for us. And so first we're going to be looking at chapter 8 verses 21 and 22, and I'm going to read through all of these passages and then I'll circle back and kind of uh, uh, thread together how this points us to the gospel. And so we read in chapter 8 verses 21 and 22, Starting in verse 21, or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants and your people and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be filled with swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. But on that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people dwell so that no swarms of flies shall be there that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And continuing to chapter 9, verses 3 and 4, Behold, the hand of God will fall with a very severe plague upon your livestock that are in the field, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, that nothing of all that belongs to the people of Israel shall die. Continuing further, in chapter 9, verses 25 and 26, we see, "...the hail struck down everything that was in the field in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And the hail struck down every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hail." And lastly, in chapter 10, looking at verses 21, 22, and 23, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward the heavens, and there was pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days, but all the people of Israel had light where they lived. And so... You can see kind of a consistent theme in all these sections of Scripture. We see that God is bringing His judgments against Egypt. These plagues are coming against the people of Egypt, and yet these plagues are not affecting the people of Israel. Rather, what we see is that God, in His sovereignty and by His own power and His own will, is protecting the people of Egypt from the judgment that He's leveling against the Egyptians. And in that same way, right, tying this to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is only through the propitiatory work of Christ's sacrifice that we are saved from God's judgment against sin. God, in his holiness, must judge sin. It would be an injustice and it would be contrary to his holy character for him not to judge sin. And so sin must be judged. And so the question for us is, if sin must be judged, what am I to do to escape the wrath to come? And the reality is that God has provided a way for you to be safe from the judgment, namely through placing that judgment on His Son on the cross at Calvary. And so I hope that you recognize that as we read through these pages, as we continue to read through these pages, the gospel is littered throughout. And specifically as we read today, that God is going to bring His judgment against sin. And yet for God's people we know that there's a safety from that judgment, namely by being covered under the righteousness of Jesus Christ.